Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, Tomb Raider. Margaret sat back and surveyed the wall. She had been at this spot for months, inspecting the tiny scratches in the stone, deciphering the ancient writing on the walls of that tomb. She was hunting for treasure. She was not the first to search the tomb. When she had first arrived, she was horrified to see what the looters had done to the place. Priceless artifacts and potential clues had been destroyed without consideration. The looters had been there for the treasure too, but they had thought they knew where it was already. They recovered an artifact and had paraded this as the long-lost treasure. However, when the professional inspected the artifact, he determined that it was nothing of the sort. The priceless treasure which they had sought was still lost. Now Margaret was there to try to find that treasure. She had recognized the scratches on the wall as not merely accidents of time, but as inscriptions written by the ancient people who knew where the treasure was. So she spent her days photographing, enlarging, and deciphering this ancient graffiti. When the looter's artifact was proven to not be the treasure, some said that the treasure was not there at all. It was an ancient legend concocted to give legitimacy to an ancient authority. The modern scientific man should disregard such myth. However, as Margaret continued to decipher, she had to disagree. Most of these ancient inscriptions said the same thing. The treasure is here. The treasure is here. But where? Where was the treasure that these inscriptions identified? X marked the spot, but so far no amount of digging had turned up anything. She turned and looked again at a crack in the wall. When she had first arrived at the tomb, she wanted a complete inventory of what had been removed. Some of the workers who were there had also worked for the looters, and they filled her in on what happened in the tomb before she arrived. When she had asked about that crack in the wall, they told her that there was an artifact there that had been placed in storage. Everyone had forgotten about it. Margaret, too, had disregarded it up until now. But perhaps that artifact deserved a second look. She took the artifact to the expert. He examined it, and while parts of it were clearly unrelated to the treasure, other parts were more interesting. They were bones, bones of a man in his sixties, 
whose feet had been violently chopped off and who lived 2,000 years ago. The bones were wrapped in the remains of a priceless purple and gold imperial cloth dating from 1,700 years ago, the time when this tomb had been sealed. More experts examined the artifact, and they all agreed. Margaret had identified the lost treasure. This discovery was a culmination of a decades-long project that began when a worker fell into an ancient tomb under the floor of a church. The evidence discovered in that tomb prompted Pope Pius XII to order excavations to search for the relics that were said to reside under one of the world's greatest basilicas. A team of archaeologists, including Margarita Guarducci, dug secretly underneath the world's largest church, combating setback after setback. They eventually found the small monument beneath which, in a crack wrapped in a disintegrated purple cloth from the Emperor Constantine himself, lay something that no man had seen in the 1,700 years since the first church had been built upon Vatican Hill. The bones of the patron saint of that church, Saint Peter. And for this week, that's the word. One of the great fascinating tours you can take when you're at the Vatican is called the Scavi Tour, where you go and see the excavations that Margarita Garducci worked on underneath St. Peter's Basilica. And on that tour at the very end, you get to see the remains of St. Peter. One of the things we mentioned in the story was that the bones did not include the feet. That is very significant in the tradition of the church. Because St. Peter, by tradition, died in the circus next to the Vatican Hill. And he was crucified upside down because he said he was not worthy to die as his Lord did. And so after his death, of course, it was not permissible for the Christians to come and take his body. They wanted to preserve his remains in order to honor him as the Prince of the Apostles. So you can imagine they had to quickly remove him from the cross and the best way to do that was simply to chop his legs and leave his feet at the cross and take him away to be buried nearby the circus in the Vatican Hill where there was a cemetery. Right, because removing a big nail seven feet up from a piece of wood and a corpse's feet is not very easy. I understand. Especially when you're not supposed to be there or to do that. So the fact that the feet aren't there is additional validation that these are the bones of St. Peter. Absolutely. It clearly is. One thing we made reference to earlier in the story is these idea of these looters. Now, what we mean by them is the people who initially were tasked with the excavation. And we call them looters, but really it's hard to find too much fault with them. They were following the standard archaeological practices of the time 
And you have to remember that archaeology is a very new science. It was a very new science, especially at that time when, what was it? It was the 40s and 50s that this was taking place. And archaeology back then was far more of the Indiana Jones style, where you run in, grab the artifact, run out, and not too concerned about what gets destroyed along the way. Sorry, Harrison Ford. When Margarita Garducci came on the project, she brought with her her training in the latest advances in archaeology, namely very mundane things like making sure that you document what you take out, where everything is when you find it, trying to make sure you don't break anything, and making sure that you photograph everything so that you can always tell what the state of the place was when you first found it. And keep in mind, the church has always held the tradition that St. Peter was buried there. It is nice to have the added scientific validation that these are his bones. But think about it. Constantine built a basilica in honor of St. Peter's in the 4th century at the Vatican Hill next to the site of St. Peter's martyrdom on top of a necropolis. In order for him to do that, he had to fill in a necropolis and level part of a hill. And what is a necropolis? A necropolis is basically the city of the dead. That's what it literally means in Greek. So it's a cemetery. It's a bunch of tombs. So he had to fill that all in, level part of the hill, in order to build a basilica in honor of the apostles. This was not the prime real estate to build a church. And so therefore, we know from Constantine's efforts and from the tradition of the Christians ever since in honoring St. Peter at this location, that there is a sure tradition that St. Peter, the Prince of the Apostle, has his burial place underneath St. Peter's Basilica. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can find the story extras for this story, Tomb Raider, at thunderrock.org where we have information about the Scavi tour for the next time you're in Rome if you want to see this necropolis and the bones of St. Peter. Thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and find our social links in our email if you want to give feedback or story ideas. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.